On this episode of the Totem Tweed podcast, Mike Coffey, equine artist, tells us how he dreamt of being a footballer, but when that never materialised, he started drawing horses. Find out how horses and horse racing played a big part in his life. Discover how his art is different from traditional horse racing arts and how his art represents the many people involved in horse racing. Mike also talks about his love of Ascot Racecourse and the magic of Royal Ascot and hear his thoughts on the future of the race card. Today on the podcast we have Mike Coffey who is an equine artist. Hello Mike, how are you? Hello Julie, I'm fine thank you. Jolly good and people know you as Equus Artist, is that correct? Uh, I guess they do, yes that's right. And how did that all come about? How did that name come about? Basically I love horses and I wanted a generic name whereby it would cover the fact that I draw and paint all horses, not just those associated with racing. So that's how it originated. Did you always want to be an artist and did you always want to draw horses? Actually, if I'm being honest, when I was a lot younger, I wanted to be a pro footballer. Oh, wow. That was my burning ambition. That didn't materialise. However, also, when I was younger, I did draw horses a lot and I went horse riding for several years at a local livery stable. And I used to draw the horses there and take them in, take the drawings in to the yard and they'd pin them up and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically where it all started. How did it progress to where you are now then? Uh, the best way to describe that is a very circuitous route, to be honest with you. I've done lots of different things. I stopped drawing horses for quite a number of years and did different things. And I ended up drawing horses again a while after I finished my um, master's degree, which was in fine arts. Initially, I'd been drawing abstracts, all very sort of contemporary in terms of their look. And then I thought to myself, well, what do I really like? And it was horses and horse racing and everything connected with horses. So I thought, you know what, if I'm going to make a success of this and really enjoy doing it, then that's what I should be focusing on. So that's where it really where it all took off. Did you feel that there was a natural pull then for you to come back to drawing horses all the time? Yeah, I, I think there was because um, when I was growing up, horses played a really big part in my life. You know, my dad was born in Ireland. He was born in the country and he was always around horses. And whenever we'd go back to Ireland on holiday, everything revolved around horses. It was just a case of going to the Dublin Horse Show for a couple of days. Then we'd go racing at somewhere like Leopardstown. Then we'd go to the Curra. We'd go to the likes of the National Stud in Kildare, Connemara, everything. And then in England as well, we'd go racing. We'd do all sorts of go to horse shows, horse fairs. So... I guess it was kind of, you know, something that was going to happen. It was a question of when. So that's the, the horse racing connection then, really. So is it the, the journey that you started drawing horses and then it went into horse racing? Is that how it happened? Yeah, that's right. And also um, my granddad liked a bet. And that always that that was definitely another factor. He'd buy, he'd buy the paper and I'd be watching him, you know, pick out the selections and so forth. So that was another big influence. So somebody that hasn't seen your art, how would you explain it? 
I'd like to think it's contemporary and original. The thing that was drummed into me when I did my masters was that you've got to have your own voice. And it's the same for everyone, you know, be, be they a novelist or anyone at all in the arts, I'd say. It's all about having your own voice and communicating part of who you are through your art as well. And that's, that's what I try to do. It's just the way I see things, basically. Um, a lot of it is heavily influenced by the fact that I'd say my passion for contemporary art is actually on a par with my love of horses. So the contemporary art would feed into the, the horse, horse drawings and everything about the horses. When did you notice that people in the horse racing industry started to take notice of you? Um, well, I mean, Twitter's a great thing, really. And it was, it was very slow because obviously um, these things take time to build. And I guess some people were a bit sceptical about what I was doing because they just are a bit different from the traditional depiction of horses. And it just kind of gained momentum. And, you know, now, fortunately, lots of different people across the whole of racing follow me and people from outside which is brilliant that's what you want you you want that support and people are really good as well very encouraging have you found then that art around horse racing has been sort of one way very traditional for a long time and perhaps now it's changing a little bit i think it is it is changing i mean when you ask most people in horse racing what they're idea of art would be um, in terms of horse racing I guess they'd say well you know the type of thing that maybe Stubbs, Herring and Munnings were doing and the thing with them is in their own way they were really experimental and I just think to myself if they'd have been around now would they have been actually depicting horses in that way because in art you've got lots of different techniques available to you and if you look at the works of Munnings, for instance, his brush strokes are really fresh. But to me, whenever I see a Munnings work, they're as fresh now in some of his works as the most contemporary works. And I just think with the different techniques and tools that are available, maybe those guys would have been trying different things as well, as well as doing maybe the more traditional types of horse, horse paintings. And with a, a younger audience, do you think that they are driving sort of like the market in art to a more contemporary style? I think there's a place for traditional art in horse racing, definitely, because, you know, if you look at a lot of um, the owners' homes, the owners of horses, when, when you see their homes, frequently in the background, they'll have your kind of traditional depiction of a horse, either winning a race or standing, being held by a groom and so forth. But at the same time, I do think people are becoming more open about, oh, OK, there are different ways in which, you know, you can depict the horse. I mean, personally, if you go back to someone like Franz Mark, which is many, many years ago, he was painting blue, blue and red horses then, which mm. was quite revolutionary. So when you decide to draw is I mean is that your dec decision you think right okay today this is what I'm going to draw or does the mood just take you I think a lot of it is uh kind of planned like at the moment I'm doing some things uh for Royal Alaska and I've had this idea in my head for a long time and 
you know, now I'm just slowly getting it down onto paper. So a lot of it with me is I do plan things in advance. What is your involvement with Royal Ascot? Is that something that they've asked you to do or, or you've just decided that that's what you want to do? Well, um, last year they asked me if I'd um, create some pastel images in the build-up to Royal Ascot, which they used on their social media feed. And then they asked myself and three or four other artists if we'd do our own take on one particular photo of a horse called Advertise, who I think won the Commonwealth Cup a year or two ago. So I did something for them from that point of view as well. But they've been really good. And, you know, when the likes of uh, Ascot and other courses recognise you, well, it's, you know, it's an acknowledgement. It's, it's, that's a buzz. Yeah, that must be a very proud moment. Uh, I saw that Ascot race course, they tweeted one of your pieces of art. I think that's Yeah, that was the work that I did for them. Yeah. yeah. How did that feel? You know, when something like that happens and, you know, they're, they're tweeting your, your work. Must be well, it's really good. Um, and also, uh, as an artist, um, it's, you obviously want recognition and you want people across as m- many areas as possible to see your work. And obviously, the likes of Ascot have got that platform available to them. So when they tweet something, you know, it goes way beyond the reach that I can have personally. So it's brilliant. And do you find that when a race course tweets your work, all of a sudden you're getting loads of followers on Twitter? Well, you do get some followers. Sometimes yes, sometimes not so, I'll be honest with you. But it definitely helps in terms of putting your work out there, definitely. Get more and more people become aware of you, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they they can see um, that, again, going back to what we were talking about previously, that you can depict racing um, in different ways. And I see that you have one called the Farrier. So with something like that, do you go onto the yard to get inspiration for pieces like that? Well, the way that came about was um, I went to the Henry Cecil Open Weekend, which I've been to a couple of times now, which is brilliant. And we were going around to different stables. It's myself and my wife. And we went to Stuart Williams' stable. And that was that was a terrific visit there. And during the course of walking around, Stuart had arranged for a farrier to be there. And, you know, we stood and the farrier talked us through different types of metals that he uses for the shoes. He shows he showed us the process for actually shoeing the horses and kind of seeing that it just planted um, a seed in my mind. I just thought, you know what? I'll do a farrier at work and I, I chanced across I, I've got various old horse racing books and I chanced across a, a photo of a farrier and then I just uh, put my own spin on it yes it's a lovely piece with that does that then open up another part of it so not just you know the race days but yeah. then do you draw and paint what goes on behind the scenes like on the yard Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. I mean, I've done things whereby you've got grooms, you've got trainers going about their daily business. And I think that that's really important to me because racing is about numerous people. And if I'm going to be someone that covers racing, then it it 
strikes me as the only way to do it effectively is to actually represent all these different people. It's like the work that I'm doing on rural Alaska at the moment. I'm trying to get all the different figures who go to make up Royal Ascot into my works. I always think that it takes so many people. It's not just about the horse and the jockey. It's just a, a whole load of people making it all happen. Yeah, um, that's right. I don't know if it's your latest piece of art, but I absolutely love it. It's the one that you do on the actual race cards. Oh, so yeah. Is, yeah. Is, that, is that your latest? I guess it would be, yeah. Um, and how did that idea come about? Well, I've seen people draw or paint in watercolour horses next to race cards. And um, I just started fiddling about with alcoholic ink pens. One day I got the idea of, well, OK, let me see what it's like if I put one of these down onto the racing post. So I tried that. And um, it kind of grew from there through a process of experimentation. They're, they're lovely. And Thanks. I was just thinking, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, the races now are not going to have any race cards. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're, that, if that continues, do you, I mean, do you think race cards will come back at the, at the race courses? I hope so. Yeah, I do as well, because I think, you know, I've got some myself and I think they're brilliant souvenirs for people. And I think there's something that people really enjoy about holding a race card as well. I think that's important. It's like a book. You know, I'm a great advocate of holding a book. It's the feel of something in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I, I love a race card, even though you don't need one these yeah. days. I go and get a race card straight away. It is that having something in, in your hand and something to take away with you. And exactly. That's it as well. Yeah. So let's hope, hope they come back. If you could be at just one race course and be there all day and draw and paint, what race course would that be? Uh, well, that's pretty easy. I've mentioned it several times. It's got to be Ascot for me. It's just a place. Well, first of all, it's the first race course that I took my wife to, which... Um, was quite memorable and it's just a place which has got so much tradition attached to it and throughout say the week of Royal Alaska it's to me the focus of the racing world is on it like no other place but also you know I go there quite often when it's a quiet day like I've mentioned um, earlier when I tweeted that ordinarily I'd be there today because it's just a very relaxed atmosphere, even if you're there and there's um, a relatively small crowd there. It's a really relaxed atmosphere and it's always a, a lovely day there. The facilities of the course are excellent as well. And Royal Ascot with the Royals and the Queen. Yeah. It just makes it so special, doesn't it? Well, I think it's got to be the envy of the world, really. I mean, the whole thing is about pageantry, pomp. And it's all the things that this country does so well, really. And I think even when Ascot, like all the other courses, was faced with the absence of crowds and having to adapt, it put on a really good show. And also, you get the best horses there. And that's what I like. You know, everyone wants to see the best. And you know that normally at Royal Ascot, you get the best. How do you think it will manage this year, Mike? Well, it's going to be different, but um, 
they're really professional. I, I don't doubt that they do an excellent job. And your arts, will that reflect that? You know, people at Royal Ascot with masks on? Well, that's a tricky one because what I'm doing at the moment does not have people with masks on because I gave it a lot of thought. And the thing with the masks is it's very, it's been going on obviously quite a long time now. And if you think about a piece of artwork, I'm wondering whether in terms of its longevity, people would prefer to have something without people wearing masks, which was the view that I took. So, you know, the, the masks are going to be left off what I'm doing at the moment. After this piece that you're doing for Royal Ascot, then yeah. uh, what, what do you have in mind for the future? What, what's your next uh, project? Um, well, I've always got things ongoing. I'm try and do large scale paintings but that's a very slow process but that's where I want to go and they're not necessarily of horse racing they're they're just of horses because obviously you know as an artist what you want to do is you do want your work to be sold so you have to think about markets other than just horse racing I and that you do polo as well yeah I mean I, again ironically my interest in polo came about because I went to um, Phoenix Park uh, racetrack in Dublin when it was still in existence. And it was then that I saw in Phoenix Park itself that people were playing polo and I stopped and I watched and it kind of was sparked from that. But I, re I do like polo. I think it's the riders and ponies um, are amazingly athletic. And when you see it up close, the speed that the game takes place at is incredible. There's a polo just down the road from Ascot at Coworth Park. That's right, yep. You've been to that one? Uh, I haven't, but oh. um, that's definitely on my to-do list. So just going back to your wife for a minute, you said like you took her to Ascot for her first racing experience. Yeah. Is she, is she a race goer now? Uh, I've turned her into one, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no pressure applied. But, you know, she really enjoyed it. And I think the thing that people who are non-racing people want when they go for a day out, they want to go somewhere which is nice. They want to feel as though they're in a really pleasant atmosphere where they can have good facilities. Like my friends want to go out, they want to have nice food, a few drinks, a really enjoyable time. And, you know, when I took my, I knew what, when I took my wife to Ascot, that she'd enjoy the experience of going there. And she did. And I think, you know, one thing that racing needs to do is to market itself a lot more than it does. Especially, in, I mean, Ascot is very good, as is Epsom, about promoting their events in London. But I just, I still think that racing as a whole could do a lot more to attract young people. Yeah, absolutely. And it, as you say, it is an amazing experience the, the whole day, the dressing up for it, the, the meeting people, the food, the racing. Yep. It's great. It's lovely. Yeah. And then if people, you know, see horses that they like, you take some, a horse like Enable, for instance, or Stradivarius, you know, if people can actually develop some sort of affinity for the horses, a liking for the horses, then they start to follow them, even when they're not at the racetrack. And then they might think, you know what, I've seen it run once on television. I want to go and see it in the flesh. Mm. And that's how it grows. It's all about the set. If you sell the horses, I think the people will come. 
and you know that there are certain jockeys as well that yep. are, are, are brilliant for horse racing yeah i mean i grew up in the era of lester piggott pat edry willie carson greville starkey i mean they were phenomenal and then you know i followed the likes of kieran fallon with his association with henry Cecil in particular and michael stouts but now you've got you know, so many good jockeys around. Obviously, Frankie, Ison, you know, the and William Buick, James mm -hmm. Doyle. I mean, and then you've got the likes of Holly Doyle Absolutely. coming through. And I must mention a girl who I've met once who was um, phenomenal when my wife and I visited her dad's yard, and that was Grace McKinsey. Yeah, she, she was brilliant. She took us around the whole yard and was really, really charming. Yeah. And I think this is something that, you know, you can sell racing. On the back of people like this absolutely and the likes of holly and grace bringing more females to the race courses and yeah. also into the industry you know people are like well we can we can get jobs in this industry so That's it. opening doors for them which is great yeah and if you you know when you go racing how how many of the grooms are girls huge mm. numbers and you know when i used to go horse horse riding back in the day the vast majority of people there were women. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of opportunities. Well, that's, it's great when you see people on television now, Alice Plunkett, Adele Murrowan, and other people showing that they know just as much about horse racing as men. And I think if you're going to attract a different demographic, then you have to have different people actually talking about the sport. Absolutely. So true. When I was younger, I never knew of any of these opportunities. You know, and you think, well, if I'd known about these opportunities, I, you know, I could have taken a different path. It, it's good that, you know, the word is getting out there now. But as you say, Mike, a lot more can be done. Yeah. Okay, well, it's great speaking with you. If somebody was interested in having a look at your art, where would they go? Um, well, I mean, obviously, Twitter's a good place, but I have got a website. Uh, www.mikecoffeefineart.co.uk but if they start off on Twitter I'm Equus Artists they'll find me and I'm also on Instagram as well so at Equus Artist yeah. and Mike Coffee but spell E-Y isn't it that's right yes yeah, an Irish name as I mentioned my dad was Irish so at Equus Artist on Twitter and Instagram brilliant thank you so much Mike that's a pleasure Julie thank you for the opportunity Let's speak to you again soon. Okay, thanks, Julie. This podcast is sponsored by Tack and Tweed. Visit tackandtweed.com for horse rugs and more.